it's nice and cool in here. Uh, I'm Steve, if you're new, I'm one of the pastors here. I have Rachel and I have Howard, and we are gonna continue, as Chris has said, our re-reimagined service, as we are gonna be talking today about a subject that I think is at the very heart of God, which is mercy. Now, I have a quick definition, okay? Mercy, it's compassion or forgiveness towards someone whom it is within one power to punish. Grace, tenderheartedness, kindness, tolerance, generosity. So there is a moment in Jesus' life where he speaks a parable. And I think it's a parable that probably if you've been to church at any time, you know. So why don't we start, Rachel, it's in Luke. If you have a Bible or your phone and a Bible there, it's Luke 10, starting in verse 25. 25. Why don't you read it for us? On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply... Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had shown mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. (laughs) Wow, how many of you have heard the story of the Good Samaritan? Ever heard? Okay, so this is one of the most famous parables I'd say from Jesus. We got the, the three of us got the privilege this week. We spent about four hours together talking about this parable. And I invited you two to, to, to be part of this for a reason. We'll get to that in a minute. But before we do that, just some observations on this story. Who wants to start? What stands out to you and why? So go ahead, Rachel. Rachel's like, I want to go. I want to go. No. Um, So to me, immediately, what stood out was the priest and the Levite that just passed right on by. Um, And for me, it's those are the people, the church leaders, you know, that that should be the ones taking care of him. And so that, again, is what immediately stands out to me. Yeah, if you you didn't catch the story, it's a a Jewish man, right? It's a Jewish man. And then those leaders, the the priest and the Levite just walks by. Talk about that a little bit more, because this really bugs you. (laughs) This part of it. It does. It does. I mean, it it does for my own experiences, I'll be honest. Um, 
But yeah, I just, you know, the, the church and religious leaders, that is the place yeah. where sh we should be able to come to receive help. So yeah, just the thought that um, these leaders, you know, the, 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 a Levite and a priest are just walking right on by. And I don't know, you know, maybe the, the law, they're unclean, you know, they can't be touched. I don't know. There's, you know, other things around that. But I don't know. Are you know? Yeah. Well, you, well, you know what? You know, it's funny. Before we get to your thing, is that you're right. A lot of people, when I was reading on this, are talking about like a priest and a Levite wouldn't want to touch someone that might look dead. But I, I read this whole thing on a on a person who's a Jewish scholar. It says like even the priest would put a would cover over someone they think is dead. So so, so, so that's even worse. It is know? even worse. Walking, I mean, they this don't want to be bothered, this road you know? is known as a dangerous road yeah. and it's a risk to stop. This is not a this is a road that you'd want to get by. Yeah. Like I don't want to stay at this road. I don't want to get going. This whole thing happened and you know, this person I was reading goes, "No, they just didn't want to help. They were just doing their own thing and they didn't want to be bothered, you know." So that's <laughs> the, the it's very interesting there. Howard, what, what now there's another well, character. <laughs> another character. Yes. I see the Samaritan as being the one who is just who who is the important one here because he demonstrates what Jesus has taught us to do and that is to display love. Mm -hmm. And he does that by showing mercy. Yeah. We tend not to think of mercy and love perhaps in the same way, but that's what mercy is, a display of love. Yeah. And here was somebody who he, in his own story, would not uh, have loved. He was not supposed to love the Jew because of who he was, a Samaritan. Well, and maybe you're not familiar with the Samaritan, right? So Samaritan was someone that had like a Jewish parent and a Gentile parent. They came together and had these Samaritans. Samaritans. So they not only would- considered them half-breeds. Yeah, yeah, dogs, half-breeds. Yeah. So it's not only would the Samaritan not want to help the Jew, right? The Jew would hate the Samaritan. That's really yes. the story. That right. The Samaritan's the outcast. The Samaritan's the one that would not be treated well, the, not worthy of God, not worthy of those kind of things. So, you know, so it's a pretty heavy story, you know. And I just wanted quickly to add to that how Jesus, the, the lawyer recognized the law as to helping your neighbor, but the priest and the Levite, who should know, <laughs> yeah. they were so steeped in the law yep. that they forgot their heart. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's something that you talked a lot about, is about like the Samaritans just going out, out of his heart, not out of law, because he's not a Jew. He might not have those laws on right. him, just the heart. But, you know, I asked you guys to be up here for a reason, you know, and Howard, uh, we've known each other for 10 years, and watching the way that you've shown mercy, when we were together this week, you talked about the idea like, I, I can't relate to the Samaritan. <laughs> I, you know, I, I've never been in this situation where I live, or I'm the outsider, you know, not so with you. Uh, your accent gives you away a little bit and, <laughs> and some things like that. But how has yes. your experience as an outsider has helped you relate to the yeah. Samaritan and, and what's that been like for you? Well, yes, you're right. Um, my accent is a giveaway. Uh, I'm a retired teacher as of two weeks ago. You. But yes, as I used to tell my students, my accent, I come from Temecula. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's got even uh, funnier because I'm now from Hemet. Yeah, yeah. So. But yes, I am different. I, I look different and I do speak different. 
Um, and when I first came to this church so many years ago, it was 2008, um, I, it was the first time that I was now going to be committed to the church. A friend of mine had said, come to the men's group, and I did. And um, so I sat amongst the men, and I would listen to the founding pastor who was telling us about how we should love God and, and how we should believe God, not just simply believe in God. And so I'm listening to him, and I'm listening to the men at the same time, uh, and it's 2008, and we're about to have an election that is going to change a whole lot of things, and the conversation I'm hearing is rather shocking to me because we are about to have an election involving somebody who kind of looks like me. He's a little shorter, but looks <laughs> like me. And so I could not understand this lesson of love and what I was hearing. And I went home to my wife and I said, you know, dear, I'm sorry. I'm not going there. I can't manage there. It's impossible. And she said, like all wives, very wise, reflective. Come on, guys, we know about that. <laughs> and she said, it's not the reason why you're there. You're not going there to engage in anything other than the word. And that has driven me yeah. all the time. Always. It, this, this knowledge, this feeling of joy, this desire to show mercy yeah. stays with you. You know, you, you actually became the leader of that group. And you're one of our board elders now. And you know, Howard, I've just watched you show mercy and over the 10 years I've known you, feeling like you said this week, I relate to the Samaritan. I know what it's like yeah. to be the one that's the outcast, right. to be the one that people don't, yeah. you said something this week, you said, like they're talking about things like they don't even see me. And they're talking about things. And you had to, and you had to put, show love and care, and you did. And you continue to do that. And thank you for that example, my friend. And yes. Rachel, you are, uh, yes. yes, your life has just been someone ever since I've known you that are just such an advocate for the marginalized, for the oppressed, for people that you feel deserve mercy that might not feel it all the time from yes. society and from the church. And you yes. got an incredible story how you related to who? Who did you relate yeah, to? So, when you said this, it really stood out to me yeah, this week. So I relate to the Jewish man on the dangerous road. I myself, when I was young, um, was on a dangerous road. Um, I had come out of an abusive relationship with a little one, two-year-old daughter. Um, I was down yeah. <laughs> in the pit. Um, and yeah, so I had some good Samaritans come into my life. But you um, also had some Levites and priests pass you by. Well, you I felt did, the weight yes. of that. We don't get to get into that, but yeah. that's real. That's, that's a that's driving force. That's real. Yeah, I was, I, you know, with, with the teenage pregnancy, I was, a, you know, a little bit kind of cast out, yeah. shunned a little bit from my church. Yeah. Um, so I did have a pre, you know, the yeah. priest and Levite kind of walk around me. And um, the good Samaritan that came into my life was two gay men. And so they took in me and my daughter and besides my family, they were the only people to show me love that had no agenda. And they would bring dinner to me. They would change light bulbs in my house, fix my car, play with my little girl. 
They just merely loved us, and they knew everything about me. Yeah. <laughs> All the, the yucky, yeah. they knew, and they didn't care. And it did something in me. All of a sudden, somebody was loving me, dirty, mm. ugh, me. And I felt, after time, worthy of being loved. I had been taught some things in church, like God would turn his back on you if you fell into sin and stuff like that. And I believed it for a very long time that I was unlovable hmm. um, because of my history, things that I had done, decisions yeah. I had made. Yeah. So yes, these two gay men who were outcasts from society, outcasts from the church, they were the ones to come in and love me with no agenda at all. Yeah. And that changed the course of your life. I mean, it you are everything. such an advocate for those that you believe should be loved and cared for. And yes. I just appreciate that. Both of you, Howard, your mercy as someone that identifies with the, with the Samaritan, yeah. you who identify mm -hmm. with the Jewish person, yeah. you guys are just two of my friends that I really, really yeah. admire. So thank think, you for that. You know, but, yes, and what it is is same thing. The men loved me. I love the men. It's yeah. about establishing or getting to know, getting yeah. to yeah. the relationship yeah. and great yeah, joy. Yeah. People's yeah. lives and experiences make a difference when we can listen to those without the it agenda does, of going, yeah. that's not a true experience. It is. Right. It is for you. And, so, right. well, and, and we all want to be heard. We all want to be loved. We all need yeah. to be loved, yeah. we need mercy. you know, especially when we're uh, yeah, down, down yeah. parts. Naked yeah. and beat up. And I'm not kidding when I say uh, we could have spent four more hours over this week, I think. I got home and was just like, oh, you guys are all leaving now? You don't like me or what, kiddos? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, but they, what really got me with, the, with these two that I just appreciate so much is like this idea of mercy that they so exude and want to walk with people in, like it's not like this Christian duty for them. It's like deep in their heart and soul. It's deep in their heart and soul. Uh, Howard, a, a couple times when we talked, just talked about the Samaritan that was an overflow of his heart, right? And that's what I see in both of them. Such beautiful moments to spend time with people like that. They're not like, oh, we better go show mercy today, right? But that it is actually just this foundation for them. And I wanna spend the rest of our time considering how might we become more merciful people? How, how might we become people that follow God, follow Howard and Rachel in some of these areas? And, and not just in a duty, right? But in the, the core of our hearts and minds, the, the very core of our lives and what we're about. Be, because the bottom line is that mercy is at the very core of the heart of God. Mercy is at the very core of the heart of God. And you know, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about that. Scott and I were up a few weeks ago talking about a loving God instead of a judgmental God. Last week, Carissa was up with Scott talking about calling us to love one another. I mean, it's what we've been talking about. There is nothing more foundational than that. Even the lawyer in this parable understood the main laws. Like, how do I eternal, eternal love? What, what do you see? Love God, love, you got it right. Trying to justify himself, though, right? That's what it says. Trying to justify himself, he asks who's his neighbor. So he knows that loving God and loving others is what you're supposed to be doing. And then the parable helps us to realize how important mercy is in that when it comes to really loving as Christ loved. Mercy is so important. The parable helps us to realize how if we're going to love our neighbor, it's going to take mercy. Remember the definition of mercy, right? Right? 
compassion or forgiveness towards someone whom is within one's power to punish. Man, at that time, think about the Samaritan. How has that Samaritan potentially been treated by Jews? Now you have this Jewish person that might have not ever stopped for him, might have treated him, talked down, looked bad at him and called him a dog. Now he, his, and his punishment could just be letting him go. That guy deserves this. And on that road, this might not have been a real good Jew. This could have been a drug deal gone bad. Who knows with what's going on on this road, right? Who knows if he knew that person, whatever. But the point is, is that he looked at compassion, grace, tenderness. That's how he looked at him. So this good Samaritan covers all this. Actually, generosity is one of the words, right? Used his money, used his time, used his energy, risked his reputation, all that for this man. And it is an important subject right now for our culture. Mercy is an important subject. For our Christian culture, it is especially important. Because I think that showing mercy towards one another isn't something many are doing very well. And I'm talking in the Christian world. Showing mercy is not something. Instead of compassion and forgiveness, grace, kindness, and tolerance, there is so much attacking, condemning, calling out, literally trying to hurt and destroy others, their reputations, who they are as people, whatever. It is going on all over because of political differences, social ideals that they might have, and theological differences. It is all around. Mercy is not one of the forefronts that I'm seeing. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 14, it says, the entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you keep on biting and devouring each other, Watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. There's potential destruction coming because of the way people, Christians, are devouring and biting and attacking each other. And I understand they might not actually be killing each other like they have done in the past. Church history in this regard is a difficult thing to look at. We might not be doing that, but we are sure trying to destroy each other. I'm reading a book right now on Rwanda. You guys remember Rwanda? You know those are Christians, right? Those are Christians. Those are people that might have been worshiping the week before and they're hacking each other up the next week. It's, it's devastating reading this. It's been so hard. I've been reading it because I knew I was going to do mercy. I've been reading it the last couple of weeks. This is hard to swallow. And then to watch what continues to go on. It's an important thing to understand because God's desire is that we would show mercy towards one another. I think that is clear in the Bible. It is clear in this parable that God desires for us to show mercy to each other. And that's not something new. That's not just a New Testament Jesus thing. Going back to like Micah chapter 6, verse 8, when they're asking him, what do you require of us? We're going to sacrifice all these. I'll sacrifice my first kid. What, what, what do you want me to give in devotion to you, God? And in Micah 6, verse 8, he has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Now, notice on that, I love this. Don't just act mercifully, love mercy. Love mercy. Love showing compassion and kindness and forgiveness to those you don't think deserve it. Love that. 
Jesus talking to the religious leaders that had all the laws, the Levites and the, and the you know, the priests, uh, the, the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees who had all the laws figured out. They're pointing fingers at everyone else. We're going to talk a little about this next week. But he goes into Matthew 23, 23 and says this, but you've neglected the more important matters of the law. What is that? Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. That's what you're, you, you know, you got all this other stuff going on, all this religious stuff, but you're missing the most important matters, mercy, justice, and faithfulness. Earlier on in Jesus' teaching, teach, uh, Jesus teaching in Matthew verse, chapter 19, verse 13, he says, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I think it's the very heart of God. I think when you look throughout the Old Testament, all the sacrifices, 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 that was never pleasing to God. He wanted you to know mercy. That's what he wanted. He desired mercy, not sacrifice. So that's what we see in these verses. That we see in this parable, that God's heart is for mercy. That God's heart is for us to desire to show others, not just like, oh, I better, but he wants to change us from the inside out to show others compassion, forgiveness, and grace. That we might be tenderhearted, kind, and tolerant. Sorry. And to who? To who? Our neighbor. And after everything we've talked about today, if your question is, well, who's our neighbor? <laughs> we should never ask that question again. It's everyone everywhere that we come in contact with is our neighbor. I think that's the bottom line of this parable. It's everyone always is our neighbor. And that's what the parable is getting to. That's what it's getting to. I know it's a tall order. <laughs> it's an intense thought, isn't it? To show mercy to, you know, and for some of us, we're like struggling the most within our own home. I was with a buddy of mine this week and we're talking about mercy and he's going to be honest with you. I feel like I'm pretty good with mercy outside my house. When it comes to my wife and my kids, that's where I struggle. She deserves, they deserve. Maybe if you're a kid with your parents, right? Sometimes the closer we are, the harder it is, right? Because that's the real heart issues. Because maybe it's in your home, maybe it's in your neighborhood, maybe it's just in the world around us. I believe this is the heart of God for us. And I think this is an invitation to truly experience life in that of abundance that Jesus said he came to bring. When he's showing us how to live, when he's showing us what that looks like, he's not just saying do this or else, he's inviting us to life. He's inviting us to experience just the reality of God and his presence in our lives and to shine that to other people. And I know, I know that this takes sacrifice and it takes humility. I mean, that Samaritan was sacrificing himself his money, his time, his reputation. He was stopping on this dangerous road. He was helping someone that might in no way help him. Would have walked by just like the priest and the Levite. But he sacrificed. He humbly gave of himself. And that's not easy. It's way easier, isn't it, to just let people get what you think they deserve? Isn't that way easier? You deserve this, you deserve that, you're this, you're that, you believe this, you believe that, you're in this side, you're in that side, you blah, blah, blah. And, and then even give them what we think they deserve. 
That's just a way easier journey, but it isn't the heart of God. The heart of God is to love, to forgive, and to pardon, and to show mercy. You know, there's a verse in Isaiah 55. You ever heard of the verse that says, God's ways are not like your ways? His thoughts are not like your thoughts? Do you know what it's talking about? I should have put it on the screen, but I don't have it. The verse right before that says this, oh, the wicked come to me and I freely pardon them for my way is not like your way. You know what that verse is saying? Our way is not easily pardoning people. We don't like showing mercy. We like fight with more right. They don't deserve this. And, and that verse in Isaiah is saying God's way is not like your way because he will freely pardon And that's important because knowing the merciful heart of God towards us is the foundation that can transform us to desire mercy towards our neighbors. It's really receiving and believing and trusting and finding hope in that that can change us from the inside out. They can help us see people differently through the lens by how God sees us. So when we learn to believe, trust and believe in God's love and mercy, it transforms our hearts and minds from the inside out. It can make what might feel like a burden to become life itself and a joy to experience. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. You get it? In view of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, just like the Samaritan. (laughs) Lay your life down. Don't fight for your rights. Give as you have received in view of God's mercy, in view of his mercy. Give, lay your life down. This is your spiritual act of worship. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. They deserve it. I hope they get it. No way for them. No longer be conformed to that world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Mercy, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Oh, what I hope our prayer is. God, help me to see mercy as good, pleasing and perfect so that I might, through the power of your spirit, walk in it each and every day of my life and see it as good. Not as, yeah, but what about? Yeah, but what about? I love that. In view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, I could be transformed to desire what God desires. To humbly offer my body as a living sacrifice to others, especially those I don't think deserve it, and give compassion, kindness, tenderheartedness to show my neighbor love and mercy. And again, Showing the heart of God and his heart towards mercy is in Old Testament and New Testament. Micah chapter 7, verse 18. You do not stay angry forever. (laughs) This is talking about God. You do not stay angry forever, forever, but you delight in showing mercy. You delight in it. It's It's like God's waiting for you to come so he can show it to you. He doesn't stay angry forever. Man, we get so angry. There's so much anger in Christians right now. Oh, man. We should be delighting in mercy. That's the very heart of our God. Ephesians 2, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive. 
That we are dead, but he's made us alive in Christ. It's by grace you've been saved. Man, this is what made this past year. It has made this past year watching Christians go on the attack so hard for me to understand and swallow. I'm not going to lie. I haven't gotten to be up here since I came over here from back from Marietta to just teach. I have been embarrassed over the last year. Embarrassed to identify as a Christian. <laughs> it's been so hard. It just doesn't make sense to me in view of God's mercy. It doesn't make sense to me in view of God's mercy. How great is that mercy? How far reaching is that mercy? Well, right before Paul says in view of God's mercy, he tells us in Romans eleven thirty two, 32, for God has bound all men over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. I don't know what that totally means, but I'm gonna land there. I guess if he has mercy on them all, maybe I'm called to do the same thing. I don't know, right? And we can sit there and say, well, that means that you, there's a whole bunch of things we can go. It's just great to justify why I don't need to have mercy on people. It's an easy journey, right? I'm just gonna go with, he has mercy on them all. So in view of that mercy, offer your body, give care, love, show mercy to everyone always. And I'm going to just try to figure that out. It is not easy. Oh, man, I'm far. Anyone that knows me in here, I'm far from this. But it is definitely a heart's desire. It's a heart's desire. The mercy of God for all extends to all. It's new every morning. It's for you and me. And maybe you're just someone in here today that doesn't feel like you are deserving of God's mercy. Maybe that's where it starts with you. Maybe you sat there and said, yeah, but you don't know what I've been a part of. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I think. You don't know what I did yesterday. Maybe you're just someone that's going, I don't deserve that mercy. Because when you feel that, that's when others aren't going to deserve. The natural inclination of our minds and the way they work is if you don't feel like you deserve it, you're not going to help, it, help others see it. I just want to sit there and tell you, his mercy, he delights in showing you mercy. He delights in forgiving and showing compassion and tenderheartedness and tolerates all your mess ups over and over and over again. And that's why Jesus says, come to me, find rest for your souls. Maybe you today just need to stop and just receive. <sighs> and stop feeling so unworthy. Oh, man. I understand. Religion can make us feel so unworthy. That's why I love Rachel's story about who the Samaritans were in her life. Let God's mercy, God's compassion, his forgiveness and grace touch your heart and mind today. Let it just sweep over you for he is tenderhearted, kind and tolerant always. And here's the deal. Can you imagine a church that so believes in the mercy of God for all that they are empowered to show mercy to all? Can you imagine? I don't know if I can, <laughs> but I want to, I want to. And I have my places I feel like they don't deserve. It's hard. But it's maybe a vision. We should have a vision statement. Let's just think of a vision statement. Something that says something like a diverse community of friends. Something like that where we're advancing the cause of Christ through mercy, justice, and love. And that's our focus. It's going to mean we've got to put some things in the back burner. We've got to look at things that aren't about that. And yet there's some differences we might have and become this focused on a certain thing where well, we are going to show mercy and love and justice to the world. That's what we're going to do as a community. That's what we're going to do, do as a church. Ah, 
I don't know, not easy, but I think we can do it. I think we could do it just one day at a time, just today, as we got. Who's, I want you to go home today. I want you to sit there in this, this uh, parable. Just, uh, just allow, ask God, man, who is it that I, <laughs> if I walked in there on the side of the road, go like, yeah, they deserve it. Where do I, who's my neighbor that I really need to think about how to handle this different, how to show something different? Allow God to change you from the inside so that you might find that life. As the band comes up, we're going to close with one last song as we just think about this. And, and the song is an old one. As a matter of fact, I called up Evan and I said, Evan, can we do this older song? Is that okay? It's called Hosanna. If you guys have heard the song Hosanna, which basically just means shouts of praise like hallelujah, right? So, but that's not why I like the song. <laughs> and Evan was like, oh, I love this song because there's a couple words, uh, lines in it. Show me how to love like you've loved me. It's that whole idea of instead of just receiving that mercy, justice, and love, how do I receive that and then also give that as freely as I've received it? It's advancing that. Yeah, it's been, and then it says something. And Carissa, first service, I forgot you guys weren't singing after, so I asked. I've been waiting for you. Yeah. So Carissa came up. I talked to Carissa about this one, and she talked about break my heart for what breaks yours. And she was kind of talking about what a scary prayer. Yeah. You know, but I say Absolutely. it's not a scary prayer because that's where life is. Mm-hmm. Life in my home, life in my community, life in my own soul, life in the world. And so, man, I hope you guys will enjoy just singing this old but good. And as these lines, allow that parable to sink into your heart as we get to those lines. And uh, can I pray real quick before we, before we start? So, Father, I just pray as we just consider the words of this song, as we just sing out and we consider this parable of the Good Samaritan, what it might mean in and through our lives, just help us to love like you have loved us. Help our hearts to begin to sit there and say, break my heart for what breaks yours. And I know that people that feel oppressed and lost and lonely and out there and different or whatever, that mercy is the very heart of God. May that become our heart as well. In Jesus' name, amen. 